0: Um, I would say what needs to be in your content is you need to grab attention right? it's a it's a busy world we're scrolling past a million different things so your photos and your videos need the first five seconds need to be attention grabbing there's different mechanisms for attention grabbing whether it's shock or uh, you know humor or uh, you know something fresh that they haven't seen before something unique there's these different ways but we need to in the first five seconds of our content if it's the first image on a carousel or just an image by
1: itself it needs to grab attention. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. After having a brief but life-altering stint in background acting, it's a treat to talk to someone in the field who still has connections to the film industry and as well takes that premium experience to our world of e-commerce. Judson Morgan Runs Butter, a premium video advertising service that comprises everything needed to make top-of-the-line content that converts and tells a unique story. Additionally, frankly, it's just a joy to share conversations with people who are so firmly enmeshed in the creative side of our business. Have a good listen. Judson Morgan, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today, man? How are you feeling? I'm doing
0: great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm excited to have you too. It's um, it's an opportunity to talk to somebody who has a lot of experience in the film industry. I have a little bit of it. I was a background actor for a couple of years. So w- we'll touch on that. It's something that I'm uh, looking forward to comparing notes on. And also, before I ask you our starter question, the question of all questions, I also want to give a quick thank you to Steve Pope. This is the third person that he's referred to the show. Uh, he has been a terrific asset to it. So Steve, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you again. Keep in coming. Don't stop there. There, by all means, uh, bring them on and bring them in bulk if you can. Um, all right. So, so Judson, first question, uh, if you're ready for this, is who you are and what do you do?
0: That one, I think I can handle this. I think I can handle
1: it. All right. It. Um, I'm
0: Judson Morgan, and I have a, a sort of varied background and into um, you know, sort of a varied uh, present. I have a background in acting and, and um, film directing and uh, met my wife doing a Broadway show back in the day in New York City. I have uh, been sort of a creative photographer, videographer for as long as I can remember. I was one of those kids that you know took the photo class as soon as I could when I was younger and loved it and loved visuals. And, um, and, and uh, as I started out as an actor, I realized um, that I was an entrepreneur and that my product was Judson Morgan and it was kind of a terrible product. So I decided to find another product and um, so turning... Going f- behind the camera became um, a much, much uh, better business where I could uh, create a story out uh, in front of me that didn't require me being in front of the camera. And um, there were less yes men and less people who uh, were the gatekeepers, right? So, Hollywood and that that industry is all about the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make your own destiny. And I just, um, and I was eager to be able to create my own stuff. And so I started making my own films and all that. And then turned around and came to, where um I had some brands reach out to make films for them and then I sort of realized that you can make really epic content for cool brands like Microsoft or you know Sierra Nevada or, or whoever larger brands need very cool storytelling and so got into this niche of telling stories for brands and um that's where I created my agency it's called butter it's uh you can go to butter.la to to check out our agency we do photos and videos and creative content and, and graphics and motion graphics for e-commerce brands of all kinds, um, brands of all kinds, actually. So we do, you know, hotels and all kinds of, um, I was I was telling you, we did a hotel in Toronto um, mm-hmm. last year. Um, the hotel industry is completely shut down. So we're focused 100% on e-commerce brands right now. And so, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at currently. I've got a couple of my own brands, um, private label brands. And um, so that mixture is really potent. Where I I'm on the ground in the weeds, understanding what brand owners need because I am a brand owner, and I understand the struggles and what and how content and video and photo is challenging. It's a it's a major issue. It's a major challenge for brands. It's like we, yeah, let's say you're running Facebook ads every 30 days, every two weeks, you need a new, you need fresh content. Your your con your your ads are working but then they start to diminish a little bit and you need something fresh and it's complicated and it's um expensive to deal with and so that's what my agency is trying to solve is that problem
1: um one small thing that i'm wondering about is where the name uh, butter comes from good question Thank
0: you. um i the the uh it, it's not the greatest answer my my daughter is obsessed with butter. And um, for whatever reason, it's her favorite food. Is that weird? Uh,
1: I, I think it's going to come down to quantity. I mean, if she's eating it <laughs> yeah, like sticks right? of cheese, then uh, yeah, I'm not sure what <laughs> to tell you. She,
0: she would like to, but we don't let her. So she's obsessed with butter. So it was sort of on my mind, but you know, um, butter makes everything taste better, right? So our content, our videos, just they make your brand taste better and work better and feel better. And, um, that's the idea behind it. And it's also just a cool word and it's a cool concept. And people are like, what is that sort of attention grabbing? Right.
1: Yeah. And I guess it also, um, associates smoothness to it too. Uh, smooth like butter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like butter. Exactly. So, you know, our content, so our agency isn't like your, you know, um, average, like you just need some kind of video and photos. Like, no, we're premium. It's a premium offering. It's a premium, like, you want really badass stuff, you come to butter. And it's like butter.
1: I, I was tempted to ask this just because it's a, it's a pun question, but if the, if you have a churn rate, cause you know, butter is churn. Okay. Uh, someone's had to brought like brought Yes. I like
0: it. Okay. I like it. We, and we do, and we do have a churn rate. It's small.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm debating between one or two questions I want to ask you first. And I think I'm going to go, I want to make sure that our, um, our entrepreneur audience and our e-seller audience get this answer because it's important for them to understand uh, some fundamental value here. We all, I think we all accept the value of video and photo content. I can't fathom a seller on the market right now who's not using at least images, uh, but most of them, especially on the Facebook realm are using videos. So my question to you is when it comes to the video content is what are the essential needs to make this video content uh, worthy of their investment? And I would say it's important that we, that we distinguish the private labels because prior to private label in the dropshipping realm. Yes. A lot of the sellers might not even have the product. So they might just be going with whatever videos they find online, which I think is anathema to, uh, to, to, to you, uh, and to your preference, but that is just the way the market is working right now. So
0: yeah, I'm actually curious. So you're, so in the dropshipping world, you're just grabbing whatever contents already that, that already exists.
1: Oftentimes. Yeah. There's, there's videos, uh, already online and they're, and they're free to grab same going for the images too. Yeah. Is there an
0: opportunity to upgrade those and sort of, Beat the competition or is it not it's you don't have the product so it's you can't
1: right well if if they don't have the product then they would have to figure out some way to contact um, somebody else to to manufacture the videos or if they're in touch with the supplier then the supplier or whomever they were in touch with that initially made the videos they can create a specific content for it too it just this is something that I talk about with my YouTube counterpart, Connor, is that both him and I are part from the creative side. And so we agree that there's a lot of good reasons to just order the product ourselves to test. For one, just to make sure the product works. I'm slowly making my way into it and I wouldn't want to sell something that, A, I don't want to use myself and B, I haven't tested myself. So once it's in our possession, then we have the ability to to, to produce our own video content. Uh, but that, and yeah. again, that is because we lean heavily into the creative side and and I don't want to dictate what other people, but some people lean creative, some people, they don't lean creative. They lean more into the practical and the pragmatic sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I will answer your original question, but
1: I appreciate you asking me too. I like, I like being asked questions too, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally.
0: As we transition more into e-commerce away from retail, away from like actually touching and feeling the product before you get it. Right. Um, like cause, cause there was a, there was a, you can go into a store and sort of see it and then you realize, oh, it's cheaper on Amazon or cheaper on this drop shipping site or whatever. Um, now it's like, you never see, you know, you're, you're not going into retail during the pandemic. You're, you're only buying things online. And so the, it's becoming increasingly important to have photos that really show off your products and represent them well and tell the story of what these things, what kind of problems they solve in the customer's life, in the person's life. Um, telling that story is super important. It's not, you know, you used to be able to walk into Nordstrom and Nordstrom would lead you down a path to like, okay, these are the products that they're featuring and, and you have Nordstrom gives it a trust factor. If it's in this store, if it's in Target, if it's in Walmart, we trust it, right? Walmart's not going to sell us some piece of crap because it's going to get returned online Mm -hmm. is it's a wild West. It's much more of like, how do I trust this? So Photos and videos are the way that we build trust, so that's part of the answer to your first question. Your question there is: um, I would say what needs to be in your content is you need to um, draw, you need to grab attention, right? It's a it's a busy world. It's a we're scrolling past a million different things, right? So your photos and your videos need the first five seconds need to be attention grabbing, and you can do that. There's different mechanisms for attention grabbing, whether it's shock or uh, you know humor or um, curiosity. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, something fresh that they haven't seen before, something unique. There's these different ways, but we need to in the first five seconds of our content, if it's the first image on a carousel or just an image by itself, or it's, um, it's the beginning of your video, it needs to grab attention. And then we need to present the problem. We need to present like, okay, we need to speak to human beings and present like, hey, this is the problem that this product solves. And then you solve the problem with your product and a call to action, sort of the framework. Um, you know, for not every single video is like that, but a lot of them can be, a lot of your content can be framed like that. So that's, I think one answer to your question there.
1: Mm-hmm. And also it's important too. one other distinction I wanted to draw between, uh, the dropshipping side and private label is that once it hits private label, the seller has more of a, a vested interest in it. They're more looking to start scaling the product and they're attaching their own brand to it. Yep. Um, where prior to that. A lot of it isn't testing too. So they're just trying to see what products they can get into yep. that uh, winning state before they're confident and then they move on. Uh, it, it is interesting. One of the things that I, I picked up from, uh, from my from my mentor Ricky, as he's uh, helping us uh, unpack and understand how it works, is that uh, a lot A lot of what the advertising and a lot of the initial selling is actually just research. It's just trying to understand what people respond to. So even in the ads themselves, they split test. You know, yep. We'll try this ad and then we'll try Absolutely. this ad with a different color palette and we'll see which ones work. So for part of the creative process, uh, that's probably something that I wouldn't have expected as yep. part of the industry is that that first step is largely creativity and is trying to figure out what is the best combination um, while also... You know being a satisfying advertisement
0: yeah that's right yeah we often bake into our process uh, you know uh, an a b of like so let's say you order a video from our agency and um, or photos or whatever we, we will uh bake into that budget an a b on your main image so like on your let's say you sell on amazon or on your own e-commerce site or whatever that main image is the number one thing you need to work on to make sure it's driving sessions that people click into your product right so Split testing that, you know, using something like PickFu. Have you heard of that? PickFu? Nope. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a service where you can split test your main image and get sort of feedback from, you know, potential customers or, you know, real people. Mm-hmm. So split testing main image and split testing the opening of your video or the content that you're going to create for a Facebook ad. So a lot of your audience, I'm assuming, is running Facebook ads or Pinterest ads mm-hmm. or, you know, different ads where you need content that drives uh, attention and then conversion, right? Or clicks, and so um, split testing that is massively important. Split testing the creative based, and, and split testing it in reference to each audience. So one audience might re- uh, might really click on a video that you know a different audience won't. So you got you have to mix all of those things and test all of them one at a time.
1: Mm-hmm. So the next question that I want to ask you is uh, about your, I, I mean, I, I do have some questions about your business because I, I find it quite, uh, quite interesting. One of the things you talk about on the website itself, uh, or rather in one of your videos is the process of creativity, Um, especially, and you say it, it, pretty much any business creativity manifests in, in different ways, granted, but it does manifest It's such a fundamental part of the human condition. And you, and you break down a different steps to it. Um, but the step that I wanted to hone in on is uh, setting your intention, and as well, the other part of two is the importance of play. Like I know that you guys have an, an air of uh, a spirited air of play within the office, and so I, it's important for people to understand why this is important. I want to hear more about that from you.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. There's, uh, I think you know, uh, we get stuck a little bit in thinking that work is work, mm-hmm. or that work is serious, or that work is at a desk and a lot of times we um we grind and we spend a lot of time uh pedaling with our with our uh tire off the ground or we waste a lot of time doing things that aren't necessarily productive when we could um ignite a, the creativity in us by playing by messing around with people in our studio or office by going out for a walk and being in nature is another great way to reset yourself and and Mm -hmm. connect to your creativity and you can solve a, um, business problem. You can solve a, uh, something that feels like quote unquote work you can solve in your subconscious. It's going to solve it while you're playing or while you're out in nature. Um, I just read a book called the um, three simple steps Mm -hmm. and it's a great business book. The second step is get out in nature. Second step is connect with nature. And it's very similar. It's very, when, We are, I don't know where you stand with sort of like believing in us as a spiritual being. Oh,
1: I have a lot of beliefs on that. I'd love to uh, jump into it for a few minutes.
0: Yeah. So I, I, you know, I believe we're obviously physical bodies, but we're really, uh, spirit. Mm -hmm. We, we have spirit in us. We have energy. And when we kind of spend a lot of life trying to, um, be in the here and now be sort of, um, less spiritual right our our culture these days is like very much like in the the um the physical Mm -hmm. and and and, um there's this whole spiritual realm going on that we sort of ignore Mm -hmm. and um i i just believe business problems can be solved in that realm and it's sort of antithetical to how we think about business but it does it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. is what i'm saying and so and creativity obviously i mean if you think about it's like where do these ideas come from right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I got this cool idea to do this. It's like, where did that come from? I mean, it's a reference from here. It's a reference from when I was a kid. It's a reference from some movie I saw, some other ad I saw, right? But we're, our, our subconscious is putting it together. And then you like, you have this moment. You're like, oh, like I have this moments when I'm on a walk or when I'm in the shower or when, excuse me, excuse my graphic language, but when I'm like, go to the bathroom sure. because I'm there privately, not at the desk, quote unquote, working. And I have the moment. I have the idea. And then those ideas save me tons and tons and tons of quote unquote working time. So I feel like as business people, the more spiritual we can make it, the better.
1: Uh, I, you know, this is one of the rare times where, um, a case is made for why this, uh, could be on video because I've had this huge smile on my face for the last like uh, three or four minutes when you start talking about that. So I, here's what, here's what I want to share on the subject. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a spiritual, uh, a person too. Um, I was born and raised in the Catholic church, but I don't really call myself Catholic uh, anymore because I'm not good at it. But my, my approach to spirituality is to figure out a way that, um, enmeshes the pragmatic side and the the knowledgeable side, the material side, with, this, our, with our spirituality. I, I think what happens in the disconnect between these two sides is that one side is trying to explain the importance of the will of the desire of the spirit, but then somebody else comes along and explains the mechanism as if the mechanism now diminishes the spirituality like oh well if we figure out how it works then the magic is gone Well, no the magic was always there we just need to know how it works so let me explain in a practical example so me one of my big things and anybody who listens in chronological order will remember the daniel buddha episode where i went into this but i'm a big believer in dreaming i was obsessed with lucid dreaming Uh, i still pull it off once in a while but it's not like a main pursuit of mine and the beauty of the dream state is that it is and isn't us at the same time it's the self the self it exists on a higher dimension. It's, it's above us in the three-dimensional space. It's probably in the fifth dimensional space because we, we exist in the three dimensions, but we use the fourth dimension of time to navigate it. So we're already making our way to understanding our bigger selves. You know, one of the things I think about a lot is like, you know, what happens after we die? We're going to pass on to the next life. And, and I think the self is trying to help us prepare for that. Which is why it's important for people to have fulfilling work and to really feel like they're doing something meaningful that makes a positive difference in the world. Because uh, you, you, know, you hear the adage of people in this soul-crushing job where they're, they don't feel like they're making a difference. They left and somebody else takes over. They don't feel like they're doing anything tangible. The self is the one concocting these dreams. I didn't think of them. You know, if if I got to decide my dreams for me, I would have a very different, very much less productive set of dreams before me. Uh, not going to uh, delve into any of that, but, you know, you know, use your imagination. So it's important for people, I think, to make that connection between the practical side, which you're talking about too, as well as the spiritual side, and not to uh, dismiss the spiritual because it's spiritual. There are mechanisms we can use to get there.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's too bad that we... you know, there, there's a movement toward the spiritual, I think in the world and, you know, um, but there's a stigma against it. It's, it's, um, it feels woo woo, Mm -hmm. but it's really, um, it's really, there's this sort of blending where, um, some magic can happen where you're, you know, whether I I believe in dreams too. And I believe we talk about it in our agency where we're creatives, right. Where we're, we got to come up with cool ideas out of thin air Mm -hmm. for our brands, for our clients. And so I'll, I'll say guys like. You know, if you're iterating on ideas, you're trying to come up with something new, take a shower. That's one place where you have good ideas. And why is that? Because we're not able to do anything else or you're just standing there, right? Um, the, other, the other time that we come up with our best ideas is right upon waking, right upon waking as we're half in a dream state and half waking up, we, what I do is I set my intention to have an idea as I'm going to sleep. And I say, hey, this is the project that I'm going to uh, think about. If you watch this, if you try this, and some of you maybe do, where before you go to bed, set your intention to dream about something specific. And maybe this is part of your lucid dreaming thing too, but you- you,
1: well, myself, myself is pretty spiteful. It seems like whenever I set my intention for something, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But when I, I, I had a consistent intention set for about six months. And then over time, it started to manifest in my dream state. Quite often. Yeah. So for me, I, and I, and I don't think these happen, these things happen. Like it takes one night to do. Maybe, yeah. maybe I need to learn a little bit more about setting your intention. So I want to, I want to I hear the end of it, but I also want you to then follow up and just explain like exactly what setting intention is. Cause I feel like I'm trying that and I'm not quite getting it.
0: Um, yeah. So I, in terms of the dreaming, I would, I would, um, quote unquote, set my intention and then, you know, not every time, but some, sometimes I would end up dreaming about that subject and maybe I don't remember the dream. Um, sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. And then I wake up in the morning and I have an idea and I'm like, where did that, you know, I have an idea. I'm like, Oh, this could be that. And if I, if I kind of like hang out in that, that half moment between waking and sleeping, I can, I can then use my sort of, uh, material brain to be like, massage that idea and then it iterates and it can, it can kind of discuss with the subconscious for a moment and be like, it hey, can, that's pretty good, but can you give me a little bit more? How about another, what if, what if we did this and then the subconscious can play with it and then maybe really solidify a cool idea for a client or for a project or for my life or for my children or whatever, right? Any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that, that moment is sort of a magic moment and I, and it, it doesn't have to be photo and video creative, or you're a filmmaker or you're a pianist, right? It can be business. I find business incredibly creative. I mean, all it is is creative problem solving. You're just, you're just problem solving. That's it. That's business. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're finding a problem. You're solving it. You solve huge problems. You make lots of money. You solve little problems. You make a little bit of money. Like Elon Musk is trying to solve the electric car problem, right? It's a, you know, it's better for the economy. It's better for the, the, uh, environment. And he's, it was a problem that the companies had a hard time solving and he's solving a major problem. You know, Jeff Bezos is solving a major problem about e-commerce and getting products to people quickly. And he, it took him 10 years to solve this problem. And now he's making gobs of money. So, um, all that, all that is, is problem solving and you can creatively problem solve using these sort of techniques. But, um, in terms of, uh, setting your intention, I don't know that I have a great answer except for, um, sort of in the same vein of what we're talking about, where you, um, allow yourself to be, uh, you know, part spirit and, and you, and Mm -hmm. you connect with, you know, sort of the universe, if you want to put it that way or spirit or, or however you want to, um, speak of it. But, um, you commit, you commit in, in your being and, in your mind to do something and execute something. So I can tell if somebody like, for example, somebody on our team, on the butter team, if, if I'm like, Hey, um, let's get this finished by Wednesday. And they're like, okay, you know, I can tell if it's, if they've, if they've set their intention to do it and it's going to happen. So I I recently just said to a guy on our team um, about a particular project. I was like, I, I can tell for a fact, you're not going to do it. You're not going to finish it. You, I could just tell he hadn't set his intention. He hadn't, he hadn't committed. And it's, it's sort of like, um, part of one of the things I talk about is, um, burning in the boats, right? So it's like part of the setting of the intention is you jump off the boat and then you light them on fire behind you and swim to shore. You don't give yourself an out, right? It's like, it's like, You don't, when you're, if you're trying to lose weight and you go to this, you have that one moment when you're at the grocery store where you have to have the intention to, and you have to commit to not buying the sweets or whatever it is that your, your trick, your carbs or whatever you're going to get. Then when you're at home, you don't have them and the temptation's gone. You have that one moment of temptation you have to conquer and then you don't, right? So it's like setting your intention sometimes is burning those boats.
1: I'm just taking a second to, uh, wrap my brain around that. So I th- I think my, my main, one of my main takeaways from that, um, the way I'm processing it in my mind is acting with certainty. Um, so when you say setting your intention, it's committing to a change that's forthcoming. It hasn't happened yet, but it's a willingness to be a part of the flow of time, which is the one thing we know that is constant is that Change is always going to be happening, and so there will always be these moments of change. And it's a matter of communicating with the self that this is the change that I intend to happen, and I'm confident enough in myself and what I can do that this is the change that I want to see happen in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um. There's a there's a quote, and I don't know um, exactly the the who who said it or ex- exactly the words, but it's something around the idea that the only people who don't accomplish a goal are the ones who quit. So, if you're right. right, so if you don't quit, if you're committed to not quitting, then you've set your intention, and you will accomplish that goal. Because because you're going to keep going and keep going and keep going until you do. I
1: th- I I think there's different variations on it. I think there was an Edison quote where he was trying to invent the light bulb, and he later succeeded. Uh, and he said, "It's not that I failed, but I've just found ten thousand ways that are not a success." Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard that too. That that's totally, yeah, totally. So, guys, um, think about it. It's this is this is important, and this is something that I've maintained throughout the show. Is that um, I think for people to have a dismissive attitude towards bu- this business or to really any business, it even if they're successful, it will still continue to eat away at them. And uh, and and so I, I thank you for also maintaining that here. I have I have a couple of different questions here. This is stuff that I was curious about. So we're going to uh, shift back into the corporeal world, much to my uh, dismay. <laughs> I went through your client list uh, because I wanted to make sure we touched on something, um, something tangible. And that was me writing. It's funny how that ended up being. Anyways, so... What I found was, and you mentioned that you had done a couple of hotels, including the one in Toronto, um, which I didn't spot. Uh, There's the Landing Hotel, uh, Lowe's Hotels, Oceana, Santa Monica, Perry Lane, and Shangri-La. Now, hotels have a lot in common. Um, So what I was wondering is, what what did you guys do to make each campaign distinct and how each hotel was able to stand out from the others, even among your own agency?
0: Yeah, um, we we look at each, each brand, each client that comes to us. And we we one of our um, foundational principles at Butter is start with story. And so we start with what is the story that this brand or this hotel, what is their vibe? What is their story? What is the story they want to tell? And, um, you know, it's sort of like an exercise around, um, you know, how e-commerce brands will do an analysis of their customer. Who's their customer avatar and really dig into mm-hmm. that and sort of. Um, then base their, like our avatar likes blue and our, you know, those kinds of like um, AB testing, that kind of study. We do that with each of our hotels and say, okay, who is this? Like the for example, Bisha is the hotel in um, Toronto that I mentioned, and it's very edgy and kind of sexy and kind of like a naughty. And so um, we were able to say, well, how does that translate into their content? What are their photos and their videos need to look like? And so we made this kind of rock star video, this like, uh, very edgy kind of cool video, much edgier than a Lowe's hotel, which is much more corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, you know, corporate hotels, but they need to have a sort of standard, a little, little bit of a corporate vibe, which Bisha doesn't need to have at all. So, um, it it would be, you know, sort of any brand, you know. So let's say you have a a private label brand that you, um, you you want help with sort of uh, figuring out what is your visual language what how are we going to speak to the customers because if you think about it you want your brand to be recognizable and say immediately understand oh this brand is eco-friendly or this brand is edgy or it's um it's for moms mm-hmm. you know you want to know right away from the visuals and the photo so we always think about that we always think about how a brand is positioned how a brand is story is being told and so that's no different for a hotel or for any, for any video that we make is is Like that,
1: and one of the things too that, um, I, I wonder, and I think you'll, you'll know where I'm going for this because you've come from the creative side, so you've obviously had a lot, you've met a lot of other creatives and artists, and um, you, that disconnect between the art world and the corporate world, how the art world doesn't necessarily respect the corporate world because it's corporatized. Yeah, you're but you're, you're in the middle of bridging a gap between those two points, um, and then you know, integrating art into and a into corporate message and vice versa, and then disseminating that to the audience. So I just want to make sure that I ask this. I think you pretty much know the question I'm going to ask. Um, Uh, but I'm not quite sure how to, how exactly I want to characterize it, but how do you make sure the message is conveyed in a way that's genuine and respects the vulnerability of the customer and, you know, respects the integrity of the art and really, you know, you're, you're balancing a few things here. So how do you find that balance?
0: Yeah. Um, are you speaking about like, you're, you're interested in the the balance of art and commerce in terms of, um, how it translates for, uh, brands or, um, like how we navigate like being artists and working for corporations, which, which is more your interest there.
1: Uh, with the, you giving me both those options, I think option B is the one that I want to hear more about.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I came to realize and sort of similar to what I was saying earlier that business is incredibly creative. Mm -hmm. And so there is, you know, in a lot of the best creative ideas, like Super Bowl commercials, for example, are like these incredible mini commercials. I mean, not all of them, but like some of them are incredibly funny, incredibly creative, incredibly uh, unique, and like groundbreaking. Or, um, it's uh, it's they're not mutually exclusive. And when I kind of have found that artists who are like poo pooing commerce or poo pooing big, you know, money making entities, um it's a little bit of a uh, i find it to be you know uh unnecessary mm-hmm. because um these corporations are actually insanely creative or else they wouldn't be making so much money and in solving uh, incredible problems for the world and benefiting the world in these huge ways mm-hmm. um whether it's like being super creative around how to bring low priced goods to the masses like, um, you know, Walmart or, um, figuring out a way to solve, uh, uh, you know, any number of problems that corporations solve. I, so, so this vaccine for mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, they had to get insanely creative on how to bring this COVID-19 vaccine so quickly, because it would, usually takes four years, So that was creative, a creative process. So I just, came to really respect the creativity of business itself. Um and so I uh I don't find a dichotomy where it's like you can't you can't be an artist and um make content for big money making ventures. Um and uh in fact, you know, uh I find it more fulfilling to do it in this in this genre, in this venue, because there's actual exchange of value where I can make a living and I can build a sustainable company. Whereas with Hollywood filmmaking, for example, um, you know, I knew a guy who, I knew a couple guys who literally were grinding for 10 years, Mm -hmm. making zero money, writing their scripts, peddling it around town, um, doing all kinds of craziness to try to get this film made and then it got made and then nothing ever happened with it. And then they do it again for another decade and it just isn't a great life. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a beautiful exchange when you create something that has value and someone pays you for it. And I think that's, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I can think of at least one friend. He, he stuck out in my mind when you were describing what uh, the people you knew were going through. And I've known him for eight years, and it's the same thing. He he has this unbreakable positive attitude, and, and he needs it because he, he here in Toronto, they're you know, not counting the the pandemic circumstances, there is work. Uh, Toronto was a popular uh, town for film because Toronto is rather blank slate-ish. People can certainly transform it into different ways. We've been New York a few times. We've been uh, Chicago. We've been a couple of different places. San Francisco, you name yep. it. And yeah, and it's the same thing. I I see him, and he's always trying, and he's trying to 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 get through. And I think a lot of what's going on is that. Once these systems are established and people are making their way through, those who are just trying to get into those already functioning systems, you know, the Hollywood movie system, they're finding it the hardest because there's this huge lineup. There's an established, successful program, and everyone wants in on it. Um, whereas I think people just innovate; they they break out of it and they find their own way, and then, frankly, they don't really think about Hollywood anymore or whatever their equivalent it is in this case.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right, and I think. Um... That's the thing that we talk about um, in terms of creativity in our company is like, how do you innovate? You innovate by looking inward, not copying other people or whatever, looking inward. And I think a lot of the filmmakers who really break out aren't trying to make a cookie-cutter Hollywood movie. They're just making what they want to make, and it resonates with people. Um, and I think when, when, we're, when we're talking about e-commerce brands, we're talking about um, selling via this you know e-commerce platform um i think it's very true it's very it, it's important to do the same so whether you're if you're doing private label especially is how do you communicate your product to the customer in a way that's unique to you make it unique to you like when when i develop products for my private label brands i think about things that i need and want and want to make and want to make a little bit better and improve on products and i think about myself and instead of using all the tools to go around and try to like copycat the spatula or whatever because it's got certain metrics. Um, I try to, and and maybe that's true in dropshipping too, where it's like finding products that are unique to you, that you're interested in, mm-hmm. you know? And because um, instead of following the herd.
1: One, one thing that's going through my mind right now is one of the stores that I want to set up is a um, home office optimization store. Because uh, I see a lot of ads for stuff that can be mounted onto the walls or drawers that you can mount onto the bottom of your desk. And I think individually, each of these products has merit, but in my mind, it's this amalgamation or this aggregation of true home optimization, having all of these things on the wall, being able to store all this stuff. So that's, that's how the creative process has been unfolding for me. But I'm glad you brought up that you've done a lot of uh, e-commerce work because if I forgot to ask you or if we didn't make time for it, then people wouldn't know, but they should know. So do you want to expound on your, your experience in e-commerce and how you got into it and what role is playing for you right now, given that you're also running a uh, uh, this agency
0: yeah yeah it's interesting i think if if uh, one one thing i've noticed is if you have multiple businesses um it's nice to have them overlap it's nice to have uh areas where um there are efficiencies between them and so butter does all the content for does lots of the content for my um e-commerce brands so um back in uh, 2016 i sort of heard about um amazon fba and, um, private label. And I was like, you know, it's nice because I have a service company, you know, we have clients and we go fly to Toronto to shoot videos or fly here, fly, fly to Germany or Africa or whatever we need to go. And, um, that, that entails me being at that location, shooting the video and then engaging with the client. And then more so now it's my team. Um, you know, and we have a team of people, but it, it, it requires people to scale it. Right. An agency, the agency business model requires people to scale. And so um, you know, I found incredible people. We're in Los Angeles, it's the like filmmaking hub of the world. We found incredible people and um that's worked, but it's not as it's not as easily scalable as e-commerce. And so in uh 2016, I sort of saw this opportunity and I it's funny, I um started with a cell phone case a faux leather cell phone case. And I literally bought a thousand units or 500 units or something. And you know, they were a dollar each or something. So I was like, well, I have no idea if this is going to work, but I put them online and they sold. And, um, you know, I knew something about making good images. I knew something about, um, I didn't just buy the exact same cell phone case as somebody else. I knew just instinctually that I needed to, it needed to be its own product. Mm -hmm. Um, it needed to look uh, unique. And so faux leather was something that I didn't see that much at the time. And so I, um, I sold out of those and I was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. So then I just started doing that more and scaling, found some more products. And then, um, after, you know, a few months I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to build an entire brand. I'm going to build a brand around this. And so I built a brand called benevolence LA and, um, it's a, uh, it's a, the, the entire company is based around the idea of gifts that give back. So every single product is giftable and it's connected to a charitable cause because Mm -hmm. I wanted to create a real brand with real, like, you know, um, with a, with a story. So it's got a brand story and we have lots of video content. We have incredible photos and, um, and we want to do something good in the world. So, um, we've given, you know, at least a hundred thousand dollars to charities over the, since 2016, we have, um, I need to get that real number, but it's, but it's at least a hundred thousand, you know, and we're going to, uh, sell, uh, we're going to hit about, uh, six, six and a half million this year in revenue. Wow. So uh, it's doing really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a lot of experience on the e-commerce side and, um, you know, I have a team of, you know, 12 or 13 people on that side of things. And then, then uh, butter the agency, um, a team of six or seven. So I've got a lot going on. Um, but they, they, but they work together. The brand, the, you know, benevolence helps butter and butter helps benevolence. It's sort of this. Uh, we're, we're learning from each other. We'll do a split test on h- how images are working or videos working, right? How Facebook ads are working. And then butter will run Facebook ads for my brands as we're doing, you know, promotion for black Friday or whatever. And, um, we all sort of learn and, and can benefit together and grow.
1: That, that's, uh, that's fantastic. That it does remind me too that what, uh, Steve, uh, Pope was talking about, cause he has his, his momsters, his cups, and he uses that also as a way to test because changes in Amazon, because things happen pretty much every five minutes there. So it's a way for him to experience firsthand it. With regards to, you know, your images and your videos, it's, it's certainly a strong suit. Um, maybe there's something else that you do that's um, uh, more effective, but just given your, you know, experience and your skill set, it sounds like it's the thing that has really put you over. Is there anything else you want to share with us in how you were able to get your uh, e-commerce brands to I mean, do as well as they're doing. Um, yeah. Like how much of an element does the, uh, does the imagery and the video uh, uh, translate into success?
0: Yeah. it's it, So I'll take both those questions there. The photos and the videos completely make a difference. We yeah. have some of our products convert at 40%. They have a 40% conversion rate, which is insane. I mean, 40% of the people who come there purchase, come to that landing page purchase, which is insane. You know, you can have industry numbers of like 10 to 20% would be pretty good. But we have some that are forty percent, and that's because incredible content, right? There's incredible videos, incredible photos. We really tell the product story as well. We tell the brand story, the product story. So that is true. It's a huge part of it. But I would also say, um, you know, I, I I look at, I'm I'm really obsessing over the Amazon platform and what you need to accomplish, what you need to do there. I would suggest to all of your listeners to. Really deep dive into what you're, if you're choosing to drop ship, deep dive into all the tools, deep dive into all the opportunities, learn, 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 because that little edge that you get from that little hack or that little nuance of doing this thing differently or whatever, my team and I understand Amazon incredibly well, super, super well. And um, that's why, that's why we've been able to succeed is really just year after year, doing the latest thing, testing, you know, right now we're testing sponsored video ads over the last like six months and they're just performing incredibly well. We have a video company, so we, we can, we can test you know, like two different kinds of videos against the same exact keywords and bids and see which kind of video works best, which we did. And we understand that we can do that for, uh, our clients now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would also sort of add to that what I was saying earlier is listen to yourself and your own heart and what kind of products you want to bring to the world and what kind of products resonate with you like i have a brand that gives back i have a brand that um every product that we sell gives back to a charity and there are charities that are close to my heart one of them is water mission um which is a clean water charity one of them is um zoe international which is like international like human trafficking and sex trafficking and so um it gives me purpose. What well, you you mentioned a half hour ago about having purpose in our work. And I think as human beings, we are made to do things with purpose, whether it's, you know, get getting married and, and loving a, a spouse or raising a family, these things have deep purpose. And our work can have deep purpose and should. And if you're in a situation in your life where you're in a job that you don't love, I would begin building you're out as as quickly as you can so that you can do things where you feel purpose. And that's the, I feel immense purpose in the, with these brands, not only to provide for my family, to build something special, I feel incredible purpose to, um, build incredible companies for my employees, right? So my employees have an Epic life because they work in an Epic company and that goes across the board for all my companies. And then I give an Epic life to my family And, um, you know, there, there's no limit to how much we can, how much money we can make and how epic our lives can be. Mm -hmm. It's really, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? Mm -hmm. So we can make that. Well, there's, there's billionaires and then there's people who don't make any money and they have the same 24 hours. And it's really how you think, what choices you're making, what you're thinking is leading you to do.
1: Just uh, give me a second to. Uh, absorb that. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm wrestling because there's other stuff I want to ask you about, but I also just, it, it was so, it was put so succinctly. I, I don't have anything to add. I think it's just, it's tantamount and it's not something to put off to tomorrow. Like, I think after people listen to this, I hope they really start thinking about this. Um, but let me use that as a way to transition into maybe some things that people can do right away. So yeah. every, most people have smartphones at this point. Um, for people who are going to give it a go. I'm going to try doing their own video ads. And by the way, I was on the verge of being like, you know, they'll, they'll do it. And then they'll realize how hard it is and they'll contact you. But somebody else already said that too. And I scan to want (laughs) to repeat myself from other podcasts, (laughs) but putting that aside. So uh, what do you recommend people do to um, put together good video ads and what kind of tools, or even if you can narrow it down to like a specific lighting that they can buy on Amazon, uh, how can people get started?
0: So making um, professional high quality video is very difficult. So let's just be honest about that. Yeah. And we, you know, when we shoot a video, we just shot a video last week for a brand and, um, it had four actors and we had a crew of like five or six people and all like probably 50,000 to $70,000 worth of gear. Right. And that's, you know, we're a video production company. That's sort of, that's our thing. But that's, you know, that, that's not you know, like I shot a feature film for a million dollars and it took 18, Days, and we had, you know, 50 to 100 actors. And I mean, you know, it's very complex to make these things. It's very complex. It's very hard. And um let's be honest about that. But that being said, there is a, we have an amazing opportunity in 2020 and going forward. You have HD cameras in your pocket, most of you. If you have an iPhone or Android, they're, they're incredibly, they're, the cameras are incredibly good. So, It's just a matter of, you know, making sure you are in a situation where the lighting is good and so it doesn't look blown out or weird. So you're in what I call open shade. So you don't want any sun in your shot, no direct sun. You want open shade. So if you're going to shoot your product, let's say you're going to have your product that's sitting on a table. You're going to shoot your product, put it by a window, but not with no direct sun on it. So open shade is your friend. So use open shade for your lighting. And then audio is much more important than you think. So Mm -hmm you know, getting started for this podcast today, we were like, oh, maybe I can use my other mic because we were having a little technical difficulty, but we both stuck to it because we know the the sound of these two microphones is so pleasing. Audio quality is very important. And so you want to make sure there's no wind, no rustling, no weird noises. So if you're going to buy one piece of gear, if you want to do videos with audio, like you're going to talk, let's say you're the brand owner and you want to talk to camera, I would get a little microphone that you can plug in. You can get them on Amazon that you can plug into your phone. So you just make sure... It's the kind of mic that plugs into the jack that you have on your phone um if you have an you know an iPhone or whatever it needs to have that that whatever it's called that port um, so and i think I think brand owners for sure should talk to camera, turn the camera do a selfie video it everybody knows what it is, everybody knows it can look like a selfie video it doesn't have to look like a professional video because it is what it is. And we have no problem with that. And it, and it actually resonates. So if you're going to use a Facebook ad, you see a lot of Facebook ads look like organic content. They look like Facebook posts because they're on Facebook. They're meant to look like Facebook posts. Um, and In fact, sometimes professional commercials get skipped over because they look like a commercial. So don't be afraid of doing that. If you want to run some ads for your offering um, you can shoot it on a phone, but just make sure it's not trying to look like a professional video that it just looks like a phone video and that's okay. Right. So let's say you want to do an unboxing of your product or something like that. Um, just talk, do this in open shade. I would, you can hold the camera or hold the phone, or you can get one of those little tripods that holds your phone up, you know? So the the shot is steady and then you can put your own hands out in front and open the product. And, um, everyone knows what that is. We've all seen those videos on YouTube. You know, the, the, uh, YouTube channel that's just opening the Disney, uh, you know what I'm talking about? They're just opening Disney products for kids. Have you seen this?
1: Uh, it doesn't come up on my algorithm. I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your algorithm. Yeah. It comes up on my daughter's algorithm.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. That checks out.
0: But it's, it's insane. I mean, the amount of views, all she's doing is opening these products and it's like, it looks terrible. The but you, you get kids get to watch the opening of these products. It can be super, it can work super well. Um, but that was just a side note, but I don't know if I completely directly answered the question, but I gave some tidbits in there that I think can be helpful.
1: Well, I'll say being someone who would want to uh, take this advice for myself, the biggest takeaway is to understand that an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever it is, not to worry about making a professional video with them, but to understand what the restrictions are and then, use them for, for, for what they are and even, and to use them as a as cell phone videos, use them as unboxing videos, but to also still maximize the quality as much as you can. So that that's personally, that's my main takeaway from it.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's, I, I think that's true. And I think people will, that can be freeing for people to realize, okay, so people understand what this is. This is a video that I'm shooting with my phone, make it look like that, but you want it to look as good as you can, but it can, it can completely be watchable and it can completely convert.
1: So with that said, uh, Judson, we don't have much time left with you. Uh, I know we we gotta we gotta let you go in about uh, five, maybe ten minutes. So I'm gonna give you two questions. One of them will be the our usual, you know, uh, letting you go, how to reach out, that kind of thing. Um, but before that, I got one other one, and I very rarely get to talk about this because not everybody is a is experienced in the film industry, certainly to your extent. So I just wanted to, this one's for me, people. So I have three years of uh, background acting under my belt. It's how I met my girlfriend of now 29 months. And um, the story, I I have told the story a couple of times, at least like once on this show, is that I was in background for uh, The Handmaid's Tale for once per season so far. And I was in a scene, it was a very simple scene, where one of the characters is just walking up the subway, heads outside and meets somebody. You uh, on on the on the show probably was like a thirty second scene at most thirty seconds. This scene, from the time we arrived to wrap up, was eight hours worth of work, and that's just one example of how much uh, uh, how how hard the film industry is, and it didn't really sink in how transformative it was in my view of things until i went to the theater and watched 1917 and for those of you who don't know that movie please for the love of all it is a fantastic film it's it's all one take although there are uh, subtle cuts in between but by the third act i couldn't even sit down i was so amazed not just at the story but of how hard it must have been to make that film and so while sometimes I think what happens is people, they, they learn the ins and outs of the industry and it almost dispels the magic. For me, it actually enhanced the magic because I gained this whole new appreciation for how hard filmmaking is. Um, so that's the story side of it. But the question that I, that I posed to you is, what was an experience that sticks out to you from your time in film that was transformative in some way? It doesn't have to be like parallel to mine, but was there anything that really like uh, sunk in and uh, sticks with you even to this day?
0: it is it is an incredibly hard business mm-hmm. and also you can work for you know years on a project that ends up not working out and being terrible and so that that's that's a that's the downside of it is like oh man this movie did not turn out well it didn't work and i just spent 2 years of my life doing it i had a couple experiences where uh, early on in my career where um there was one one younger girl who asked if, um, you know, she could get my advice or whatever. I had been in the business longer than her and she comes to me and she's, um, you know, asked about getting a manager, an agent or doing this or that. And I was like, um, you know what? I just think this business is, you're going to have a really hard time. It's, uh, it's challenging. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know if it's worth it for you. And then, you know, five seconds later, she's like the star of a TV show and um that that's how it kind of it's it's you know there's a william goldman quote that i always quote that's um basically nobody knows anything in hollywood and that's he's famous, he's a famous screenwriter um who i think oscar winning screenwriter who is famous for saying that is nobody knows what's going to be good nobody knows you know you can have one big hit and then your next thing is terrible or one season of the tv show is really good and the next one's not um it's uh uh, that's what I didn't love about it is that it's a little it's elusive and mm-hmm. you um, hard work and sticking to it don't always work in Hollywood. Whereas I think that can work in other businesses. And so that's why I've kind of steered away from it. My wife is still in the business and she's um, the star of a TV show now, um, but she's got her real level head about it. Got a real level head. Mm-hmm. But I would say, of you should stay away. (laughs) Not because you're not good, because there's a better life for you elsewhere.
1: I, I guess one thing too about that industry is, you know, no, no two days are the same. Even if there's reshoots, no two days are the same. Like every, I, And I, it's one thing that I loved about being in background is that I was never in the same office. So I was always in different places. Sometimes we'd be out in the cold all day and it was miserable. Uh, but then there's one time I'm in the back of a, of a limousine and they're actually handing out snacks. And my job was to pretend to be rich for a day. So it, it fluctuates. And I think that's one of the hard things about the industry is that you're saying hard work and persistence. They, they, they're not going to help if the timing is off. If there was a project that a person would have been a perfect fit for and it comes and goes and that project is never going to happen again because, okay, well, I guess we do do a lot of remakes, but even the remakes are so fundamentally different that, you know, the people in the first one don't do the second one. Um, so I guess that, that to me, that would be why I would say it's, uh, persistence is n- not a guarantee because it's, yeah, it's constantly on, uh, on, a, on a new path and it's constantly doing new, new projects.
0: Yeah. It can be an amazing life. Like my wife shot a TV show in Prague. And so we got to go, my, my family, my, my daughter and, and Kelly and I went to Prague for four months because her she, her, she was shooting a show there. It's a, it's incredible thing. And then, you know, but at the same time, you know uh, when the show ends, you, it's, we we've had a bunch of our friends never work again, basically they they just mm-hmm. can't get arrested. So it's a, it's a very high highs and, low lows and um you know it's it's hard work doesn't always pay off and that's the frustration and then there's a lot of gatekeepers and so i would say go into a business where you can be your own gatekeeper you can create your own destiny if you want to if you want to make films or you want to be an actor put stuff on youtube create your own destiny you know it's uh it's a, we're, we're living in a time where you don't have to go to Los Angeles and try to, you know, like, uh, climb up the, the ladder. Um, but, but it is fun to be on the set like you were for a, a few, uh, days here and there and like, um, get to see behind the scenes of what the, how these things work, because it is, it is, it is amazing how much detail, how much time it takes to do certain things. And it is interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll say this one last thing, and then I'll uh, get us to our wrap up. But I was uh, I was also in background for Shazam, and I was in this the, the the final act where they're fighting in the carnival, and I was there for a total of four days, not back to back, but there were two back to back days, and both of those days were as long as we were legally uh, allowed to stay there. So eight hours downtime, which I barely got any sleep, mind you. And so by day two, I was I was suffering, but it was fun suffering. Uh, I was, it, it was, it was taxing, but I was still enjoying myself. So, you know, I, I, I do have a lot of good memories of it, but I never had any goals to become a leading man or anything like that. So, did
0: you, um, so this will be a fun way to end this, but, uh, or may, I don't know, end this se- this section is, um, did you work with Zach Levi on that?
1: No. Well, I mean, in the sense that we were in proximity to each other. Yes. But I, 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 I was running for my life. He was, Going towards the danger. So uh, I saw him for like a couple of seconds here or there. I had no uh, substantial interaction with him. So um,
0: he's a friend of mine. Oh, terrific. And and I don't just say that. Like, I know a lot of famous people that I would like, you know, here and there say, I know this person, but Zach, I really know. And um, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, I made a music video with him, which everyone that listens to this should go check out. It is has 32 million views on youtube it like it's the definition of like going viral so if you look up a music video called um terrified um yeah was Zach, was zachary levi and uh katherine mcfeed you know her uh no i don't know she was an american idol you'll recognize her probably but um yeah so uh we we put these two together you know they're both famous and and um, then we put a couple other actors in there that are, that are, uh, you know, one of them's in sneaky Pete, you know, that show on Amazon. And anyway, so you'll see that the combination of like count kind of little storytelling. And by the way, this, I had made a feature film the year before, and, um, it was a million dollar feature film that I mentioned. And then this music video was made for $3,000 in the course of like one or two days of shooting me. I was basically the whole crew. And then it got 32 million views. It's a a good example of how it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like you can spend a million bucks or a hundred million bucks and still have a failure and spend almost no money and have this massive success. And, um, but also I made no money off of the music video. Somebody else did. (laughs) So off of 32 million views on YouTube, somebody, somebody made a lot of money, but it wasn't me.
1: Well, I'm sorry to hear, but. I, and I i'm not just saying this but zachary levi was fantastic in that film i was i was cracking up throughout so he he did a really good job if you want to impart that message to him uh feel free uh but Judson, we're gonna get you out of here so one more question for you um it's just a last chance if you have any other parting wisdom i mean usually by this point there's been plenty of wisdom to absorb but i like to just give you a chance in case there's like a question that didn't quite ask, and there's an answer he didn't quite get to give. So um, anything else to say? And then let people know how to reach out to you to further their dialogue with you. Sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I you can email me, J-U-D-S-O-N, Judson, at uh, butter.la, or just go to butter.la, B-U-T-T-E-R.la. Um, that's our agency website. And um, you can see uh, kind of videos that we can help for or content or photos or videos, that kind of stuff. Um, And in terms of like parting wisdom, I would say, you know, it's very obvious um, something you've heard before. I think if you're in this sort of entrepreneurial circles, but it's just epically true and you need to, you need to take action. You need to stop overthinking it and you need to go and free yourself to make mistakes and your mistakes are going to be your friend and are going to help you learn. So without trying things, without, You know, buying those first 500 units of my cell phone case, I wouldn't, wouldn't have a six and a half million dollar business without taking action, without trying things and being able to, being willing to make mistakes, you're not going to get where you want to go. So I I know there's a bunch of you out there who are thinking about this business idea or considering doing this website or considering dropshipping this or starting a private label brand, but you haven't done it yet. And I'm telling you, uh, now is the time to do it. And you'll find your way as you go. Don't worry about having it all figured out before you start.
1: Fantastic. All right, Judson Morgan, uh, thank you once more for your time. This, is, this has been a fantastic episode. I can't wait to go back and review it. I, I review all my episodes and give myself a second chance to, to reabsorb. And uh, to our listeners, you guys know what to do. You can always contact podcast at DeBeautify.com if you want to win or if you think you'll be a guest as well. Whatever the case, it, it'll be good to hear from you. So thank you to all involved, and we will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoyed this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how we can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.